Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman, remember by Ram Goldai, and here in Zechus Ksubis, Daf Ramadvav, the third parak, Eilon the Aros. The Zichud Mesechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one: the Gemara contrasts a brice of the taught, a chareshes v'ashot va'alanis, yeshan knas v'yeshan tanis v'suling. A deaf mute woman, a shota, and an islandis have a right to the knas for being violated and can have a tainus pesulim claim brought against them. With another brace of the tot, a chareshes v'ashot v'albogeres v'mukas aids ain't A deaf mute, a shota, bogeres, and a mukas aids cannot have a claim of tainus pesulim brought against them. Rav Sheshit's answered that it's not a kasha. The ton of the Bryce that says that a tainus pesulim cannot be brought is from Gamliel. Rashi explains that just as Rabbi Gamliel believes a woman who said that she was violated after receiving her kedushin, so that she doesn't lose her ksuba, so too here, in the case of the Hareshes and the Shota, she doesn't lose her ksuba, for we would say that if she had been mentally competent, she would claim that she was violated after kedushin. The Bryce that says that they can have a claim brought against him is Rabbi Yeshua. When the Quran asks if one actually heard that this was Rabbi Gamliel's position, when the woman herself doesn't make the claim, it answers that it's based on the principle Psach Pichach Open your mouth on behalf of the mute, which means one should speak up on behalf of those who cannot do so for themselves. Pointing to a state in Abraisa, Sumcha says in the name of Rabbi Mer, Summa Engla Tanis Pesuim, a blind woman cannot have brought against her a Tanis Pesuim. The woman seeks Sumcha's reason and answers, because a blind girl is likely to fall and strike the ground, which would cause her to lose her dumb Pesuim. Therefore, lacking Basulim is likely from her injury and not from having premarital relations. When the word counters that all girls can fall and strike the ground, it answers, Kula Rose Mars Iman. All other girls, if they fall and see that they're bleeding, show their mothers. Zo in a roa, but in a ima. This blind girl doesn't see that she's bleeding and doesn't show her mother. Rashi explains that with regular girls, their mothers will tell them that they have lost their pursuing, and if they do not inform their husbands that they can have a time's pursuing brought against them. And point with me, the next Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with the Tanakam and says, Shvuya Shenifteis Harihi Pektushasa Afapisha a captive woman who is ransomed is still in her state of purity, even if she is old, meaning older than the three, and she does not lose her right to receiving a kanas. Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabbi Yehuda said the same thing as Rabbi Dosa, for it was taught in Abraisa. The Rabbi Dosa holds, Shvuya Ochelis Petruma, a former captive woman who is a Bas Kohen, is permitted to eat Truma. Rashi explains that we do not presume that she was violated by our captives, which would render her zona and prohibit her from eating Truma. Rabbi Dosa explains that the captive's mere improper touching of the captive doesn't make her possible from eating Truma. Robert said that perhaps they do not agree. Perhaps we would hold that she's still eligible to receive the kanas, only so that the sinner, the one who violated her, should not benefit. But with regard to eating truma, he holds like they're abundant, that she's disqualified. And perhaps we dose is lenient, since truma nowadays is a rabban. But regarding the kanas, which is a deraisa, he would agree with the rabban that she's not entitled to receive it. So once again, the three points are number one. The more contrast of rice of the taught, a chareshes v'ashotva alanis, yeshan kanas v'yeshan tanis v'suim. A deaf mute woman, a shota and an islandis, have a right to the kanas for being violated and can have a tiny specific claim brought against them with another brace of the tot. A chareshes v'ashotva v'albogeres v'mukus eitz a deaf mute, a shota, a bagaris, and a mukasates cannot have a claim of tainus pesulim brought against them. Rav Sheshit's answer that it's not a kasha. The ton of the brisa that says that a tainus pesulim cannot be brought is from Gamliel. Rashi explains that just as Rav Gamliel believes a woman who said that she was violated after receiving her kedushin, so that she doesn't lose her ksuba, so too here in the case of the chareshes and the shota, she doesn't lose her ksuba. For we would say that if she had been mentally competent, she would claim that she was violated after kedushin. The Bryce that says that they can have a claim brought against him is Rabbi Yeshua. When the Quran asks if one actually heard that this was Rabbi Gamliel's position, when the woman herself doesn't make the claim, it answers that it's based on the principle Psach Picha 
open your mouth on behalf of the mute, which means one should speak up on behalf of those who cannot do so for themselves. Pointing to a state in Nebraisa, Sumcha says in the name of Rabbi Meir, Suma in Latinus Pesuim, a blind woman cannot have brought against her a Tanis Pesuim. Then one seeks Sumcha's reason and answers, because a blind girl is likely to fall and strike the ground, which would cause her to lose her dumb Pesuim. Therefore, lacking Pesuim is likely from her injury and not from having premarital relations. When the word counters that all girls can fall and strike the ground, it answers, Kula Rose Marzli Iman. All other girls, if they fall and see that they're bleeding, show their mothers. Zo in a roa, but in a ima. This blind girl doesn't see that she's bleeding and doesn't show her mother. Rashi explains that with regular girls, their mothers will tell them that they have lost their pursuing, and if they do not inform their chassans that they can have a time's pursuing brought against them. And point with me, the next Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with the Tanakhama and says, A captive woman who is ransomed is still in her state of purity, even if she is old, meaning older than the three, and she does not lose her right to receiving a kanas. Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabbi Yehuda said the same thing as Rabbi Dosa, for it was taught in a brisa. The Rabbi Dosa holds, Shvuya Ochelis Petruma, a former captive woman who is a Bas Kohen, is permitted to eat Truma. Rashi explains that we do not presume that she was violated by our captives, which would render her zona and prohibit her from eating Truma. Rabbi Dosa explains that the captive's mere improper touching of the captive doesn't make her possible from eating Truma. Rabbi said that perhaps they do not agree. Perhaps Rabbi Yudol is that she's still eligible to receive the kanas, only so that the sinner, the one who violated her, should not benefit. But with regard to eating truma, he holds like their abundant that she's disqualified. And perhaps Rabbi Dosa is lenient since truma nowadays is a rabban. But regarding the kanas, which is a deraisa, he would agree with the rabban that she's not entitled to receive it. All right, so now we got our simmer Lamedvav, and our standard simmon is a lulav. A lulav. So here goes. The Koresh is holding a lulav with a sign on it that said, Please speak up on my behalf regarding a time's basulim. Didn't hear the crash when the blind girl using a lulav as a cane fell down and struck the ground after tripping over a freed captive woman who was sitting eating truma while counting her kanas. Once again, it's a motion. The Koresh is holding a lulav, a lulav. That must be one duff. Lamed vav. The Koresh is holding a lulav with a sign on it that said, Please speak up on my behalf regarding a Tanis Basulim, which reminds us, the Gemara explains, that the Tan of a Bryce of the Taught, that a Koresh and a Shota cannot have a claim of Tanis Basulim brought against them, is Rabbi Gamliel, for just as he believes a woman who said that she was violated after receiving her Kedushin, so that she doesn't lose her Ksuba, so too here in the case of the Koresh and the Shota, she doesn't lose her Ksuba, for we would say that if she had been mentally competent, she would claim that she was violated after Kedushin. When the woman asks if one actually heard that this was Rabbi Gamliel's position, when the woman herself does not make the claim, it answers that it's based on the principle of psach picha open your mouth on behalf of the mute, which means one should speak up on behalf of those who cannot do so for themselves. So the Haresh is holding a lulav with a sign on it that said, Please speak up on my behalf regarding a Tanis Basulim. Didn't hear the crash when the blind girl using a lulav as a cane fell down and struck the ground, which reminds us it was stated in a brisa. Sumcha says in the name of Rabbi Meir, Sume Enla Tanis Basulim. A blind woman cannot have brought against her a Tanis Basulim because a blind girl is likely to fall and strike the ground, which would cause her to lose her dumb Basulim. Since she doesn't see that she's bleeding, she doesn't show her mother. So the Haresh is holding a lulav with a sign on that said, please speak up on my behalf regarding Atanas Basulim. Didn't hear the crash when the blind girl using a lulav as a cane fell down and struck the ground after tripping over a freed captive woman who was sitting eating truma while counting.
for Kanas. Which reminds the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yehuda, who says that a Shvuya who is ransomed is still in her state of purity, even if she's old, meaning older than the three, and she doesn't lose her right to receiving a Kanas, is not necessarily saying the same thing as Rabbi Dosu who holds Shvuya Ochelis Petruma, a former captive woman who's a Baskolan, is permitted to eat Truma. They might have different reasons for being lenient. So once again, the Choresh is holding a lul with a sign on it that said, Please speak up on my behalf regarding Atanas Basulim. Didn't hear the crash when the blind girl using a lul as a cane fell down and struck the ground after tripping over a freed captive woman who was sitting eating truma while counting her kanas. Alright, now it's time for four blabach chazara. So the simmer Dafalam base is a mad scientist in the lab. So here goes. The mad scientist in the lab. Mad scientist in the lab? That must be more in Dafalamid base. The mad scientist in the lab designing a kanas omatic that would automatically give a kanas to a Nara sister, but not to one who was a shota bogeres, which reminds us, the more contrast the Mishan Daf Chavtes Amun Aleph that stated that if one violated a woman who was an Israkaris, such as a sister, she's endowed to the fine, with the Mishnah Makos that states, Elohenolokin, these are the ones who receive Malkus for violating an Isra and this one who has relations with an Israkaris, such as a sister. And it has been established for us that one does not receive malchus and pay money for the same crime. Well, answer, there's no difficulty. Our mission is dealing with Akhoso Na'ara, his sister, who is a Na'ara, where the Kanas for violation applies. And the mission of Makhus is dealing with Akhoso Bagaris, his sister who is a Bagaris, where Kanas does not apply. So, the mad scientist in the lab designing a Kanasomatic that would automatically give a Kanas to a Nara sister, but not to one who was a Shoto Bogares, built in an Ein Tachazain camera to ensure one paid the fine and didn't get lashes, which reminds us. The Gemara infers from Will's answer that he holds that wherever one is high both a monetary payment and lashes, that the person pays and is not lashed. The Gemara seeks to identify Will's source and concludes it's learned from the Gezer Shava of Tachas Tachas. It's written with regard to the violator. She shall become his wife, Tachas in place of his violating her, and is written with regard to one who strikes and wounds another, ein tachazain, an eye in place of an eye. Just as there, in the case of one who wounds another, he pays money and does not receive malchus, even if he was warned not to strike the victim, so to every place where there is both a chiv of money and lashes, such as in the case where one violates his sister, the person pays and is not lashed. So, the mad scientist in the lab designing a kanasomatic that would automatically give a kanas to a Nara sister, but not to one who was a Shoto Bogares, built in an Ein camera to ensure one paid the fine and didn't get lashes, because the last one he made accidentally gave 40 lashes instead. Which reminds Rabbi Yochanan holds that wherever there is a chiyuv for both money and malchus, and he's warned about malchus, he receives malchus and does not pay. The pus regarding Malka states that the person receives lashes Kedei Risha So in accordance with his wickedness, from which we can learn Mishum Risha Achaz at the Mechaiva, be at the Mechaiva Mishum Shtei Rishiyos. You may punish him for one act of Rishas, but you cannot punish him for two acts of Rishas, referring to penalties for both money and lashes. And the next Pasuk states, Arbaim Yakenu, 40 lashes, he shall strike him. Rashi explains that we learn from here that where there are two penalties, he's lashed and does not make a monetary payment. Daf Gimel, so the simmer Daf Gimel is a peg-leg pirate. So here goes. The peg-leg pirate, peg-leg pirate, that must be learned Daf Lamed Gimel. The peg-leg pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give Asra to the Adim Zomamim, which reminds us, Rebbe says that Adim Zomamim pay money and do not receive Malkas, because they're not subject to receiving warning before they commit their transgression. Rush explains, we do not subject someone to a physical punishment if they have not been warned. Rav clarifies why they can't give a swat to them a day or an hour before they testify, or right before they testify, or right after they testify.
So the peg-like pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give us raw to the Adam Zomamim became livid when they laughed off his lashes warning because it was less severe than death, which reminds us when Rav Shishim Braid Rav Edi brings a source that a Chobobachavera, one who wounds another, pays money and does not receive malkas, he mentions the rule, Musra Davar Achamur having Musra Davar call. One who's warned for a severe matter is considered warned for a lighter matter. For example, if someone was warned at striking and killing someone, would result in the death penalty, he's considered warned that striking and wounding his opponent would subject him to lashes. So the peg-like pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give Hasra to the Aim Zomamim became livid when they laughed off his lashes warning because it was less severe than death, and then one ran off and stole his pirate sheep and had his friend Shachtet on Shabbos, which reminds us what Mer says, that one who steals an ox or sheep and Shachtet on Shabbos pays four or five times even though he also gets the death penalty. The Gemara explains that the Bryce is dealing with the case of Botaveach al Yedeacher. It was shechted through another person. Rava clarifies that even though we hold ain't shaliach devaravera, there's no shaliach for a transgression. In this case, the Torah states Utavachu macharu and shechts it or sells it. Just as the thief is chayv when he brings about the sale by involving another person, referring to a buyer, so too he is chayv when the shechting is through another person. Daflamidal, so the simmer Daflamidalid is a ladder. So here goes. The person who cooked B'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder. A ladder? That must be more enough. Lamedalit. The person who cooked B'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder, which reminds us it was taught in Nebraisa. If one cooked on Shabbos, going to a mirror, if it was done B'shogeg, he may eat what he cooked, but if it was done B'mezid, he may not eat it. Rebuda says, B'shogeg, he may eat it mostly Shabbos. B'mezid, he may never eat the food, but Rashi explains, others may eat it. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, Bashogeg, the food may be eaten by others after Shabbos, but not by him. But Maisie, the food may never be eaten by anyone. The more brings the psukim for Rabbi Yochanan Sandler's opinion. So the person who cooked Bamezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder when he accidentally dropped it on the head of a thief who stole a shor nisko from a shomer's house, which reminds us. The Gemara asks how Rabbi Meir could rule that a thief who steals in shechs, a shor nisko, an ox condemned to be stolen, could be chayv, the four or five times payment. It's not the animal of the original owner they shechting, since the moment it's condemned, it becomes aser bahana. Rabbi answered that we're dealing here with a case in which the ox had been given to a shomer, and then it killed a person and was condemned to death while in his custody, and then the thief stole it from the shomer's house. Rabbi holds even after the verdict is reached, if the shomer returns the animal to its owner, it's considered return. He also holds something that can cause a benefit of money is considered as money. Even though the animal's asabahana is considered, so to speak, owned by the shomer, since it causes him a benefit that he does not have to pay for damages when he returns it to the owner. Therefore, the thief has stolen the animal from the shomer and must pay four or five times to the shomer. So, the person who cooked Bamezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder when he accidentally dropped it on the head of a thief who stole a shower nisko from a shomer's house and was shechting it himself on Shabbos, making Mechaiv and Misa and to pay four or five times. Which reminds us, Robert brings an alternative explanation for how Rebimir holds that a thief can be chayim four or five times a payment when the animal is shechted on Shabbos. Actually, you can say the cases where the thief shechts the animal himself and not through a shaliach. And you can still say that Rebimir generally holds that one can get malkas and pay for the same transgression, but he does not hold he can be chayim misa and payment at the same time. But this case is different. The Chiddushu Shechidsh the Torah B'Knas, for it's a Chiddush the Torah was Mechadish with a Knas, Afagav the Mikdom Misham, that even though he's executed, he still pays the fine. Daflamet Hay, so the similar Daflamet Hay is that Shuran Squire singing La La La. 
So here goes. The children's choir director, children's choir, that must be more on Duff. Lamed hey, la, la, la. The children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, which reminds us it was Tom Bryce in the base midrash of Chizkiah. The tour makes a comparison between the psukim Maka Adam and Maka Behema. One who strikes a man who is executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who always pays damages. From here we learn that just as one who strikes an animal, you do not distinguish whether he did a Bishogeg or Bemezud or whether he had Kavana to strike this animal or didn't have Kavana, he's always hive to pay. So too, when it comes to striking a man and all these distinctions just mentioned, the Torah is not coming to Mechayim to pay in any of these cases, rather it's coming to exempt him from paying in all these cases. So the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, which reminds us when Ravin came from Eretz Israel to Babel, he reported that Ryochan and Rachel Lakish disagreed. With regard to those who did a transgression, that when done by Mezid, it's Chayv Malkus, and it's also Chayv a monetary payment at the same time. Rishwaki says he's Pater, Beferish, Ribsatori, Bechayvi Malkios, Kachayvi Misos. But the Torah explicitly included those Chayv from Malkos and the exemption from payment, just like those Chayv, the death penalty. When the Gemara asked whether the Torah includes this law, Abai said it's derived from the Gazer Shama of Russia, Russia. So the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia, Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, was shocked to see a sign on the animal that read, you will always be high of a payment if you strike me on a weekday, which reminds us that Gamora explains how the ton of the base minister of Chizkiah, who made the comparison of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, presumed the case is where he struck the animal on a weekday and not on Shabbos, when one can distinguish between an act done and one done amazing. All right, so now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which of the learn a thief who steals and shechs a shohan nisko could be hired four or five times when the thief steals it from the shomer's house? That's on Duff. Mama Dawn. Good number two. Which definitely when Rabbi reason for permitting a captive woman to receive a kanas may not be the same reason as Rabbi Dosa's reason for permitting her to eat truma. That's on Duff. Mama Dawn. Good number three. Which definitely when that the pasuk of striking an animal is referring to striking it on a weekday. That's on Duff. Mama Hey. Good number four. Which definitely when a thief that steals an ox on Shabbos and has another person shechta pays the fine as well. That's on Duff. Amen Gimel. Good number five. Which of the women Gamliel holds that Horeshus and Ashota cannot have a claim of Tainus Basum brought against them based on the principle of Psach Picha Le'ilim? Open your mouth on behalf of a mute. That's on Duff. Amen Vav. Good number six. Which of the women Abai learns from the Gezer Shaba of Russia, Russia, that the Torah explicitly included those Chai from Malkus in the exemption from payment, just like those Chai of Misa? That's on Duff. Lamed hey, good number seven. Which thing when a sister that is a Nara would receive a kanas, but a Shota Bogaris would not receive any payments? That's on Duff. Lamed Bays. Good number eight. Which thing when a Tainus Basulim cannot be brought against blind women, since they tend to fall and lose their Basulim? That's on Duff. Lamed Vav. Good number nine. Which thing learn from Maka Ad Maka Behema that Chayve Misa Shogaging Peturing? That's on Duff. Lamed Hey, good. And number 10, which stuff do we learn that Rabbi Yochanan Hassaner holds that if one cooks B'mezid on Shabbos, the dish is forbidden to everyone forever? That's on Duff. Lamed Dalet. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ramgotham Zich wishing you a great day and great learning.